Here's episode 11. Welcome to 15 Minutes with the Doctor. The 15 minute appointment where we share powerful stories from healthcare entrepreneurs and innovators so you can grow your idea of business. Uh huh. So say hello to your host, Dr. Vinay Shankar. Dr. Vinay Shankar. In this one, we interview Jerome, the co founder of Aidance. Aidance started in 2015 when the company saw the opportunity to apply artificial intelligence technologies to medical image analysis. Learn how Aidance can automatically analyse radiological images, how they raised $2.25 million in investment, and Jerome's thoughts on AI in medicine. Welcome to the show, Jerome. Thank you. Let's start with you telling us a little bit about what is Aidance. So Aidens is a young company located in Amsterdam, the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. We uh, started the company back in 2015, end of 2015, when we saw the opportunity to apply artificial intelligence technologies to medical data and image analysis. And currently we're a company of uh, about 10 people and we uh, are developing our first product. Okay, and what is this product? So the first product we're now developing focuses on the analysis of CT chest images and the software is capable of detecting lung nodules and the idea is that this can be used as a, a tool for radiologists to have a, a backup in breeding images and make sure that they are not missing any nodules because detecting nodules can be uh, quite challenging and we've built a solution that runs in the background so there's no user interaction required. And once our system detects a nodule, the radiologist gets alerted. And the system uses AI. Could you tell us how that works? Yeah, so there's a lot of buzz these days in artificial intelligence, and mm. a lot of companies are promising big things. But basically, artificial intelligence comes down to mathematics and statistics. So what we develop are algorithms, that train by learning from a lot of examples on detecting nodules. So what we've done is we build an algorithm that can read thousands and thousands of images. And within those images, we've annotated where there is a nodule visible. And so the algorithm itself starts to learn what a potential nodule can look like. And because we feed it with that many examples, it knows by itself how to recognize all the different variations. And these algorithms are pure statistical models. So the way they're developed is very technical. I won't go into that, but it's a lot of mathematics, basically. Our guys, they're pure geeks in uh, developing all kinds of nice looking formulas. When you say we, you said we taught the algorithm, what do you mean by that? Has, what I'm trying to say is have doctors trained the system that this is what a nodule is? Is that what you mean? No, so what we do is we take, currently we have 45,000 images with nodules in our system. What we do is we take CT chest scan, including the medical report. What we do with the medical report is we take out the conclusion and we make that a specific label or category. And then together with the image, we that label in an algorithm. And within the image, there's a circle or a location where we tell the algorithm this is a nodule. But we don't tell the algorithm what a nodule looks like. We only tell it where it is. And then by itself, it will start to learn what a nodule looks like. 
shape-wise, intensity of pixels, or for example, the, the speculation or the volume, etc. So that's how an algorithm itself will start to look at images and then it starts to see all the different patterns from what a nodule could look like. So it combines the appearance of 45,000 nodules and applies it to all new nodules. Is that correct? Yes, it's not a one-to-one comparison. That's what a lot of people think is like the algorithm doesn't compare one nodule with 45,000 different nodules because the algorithm sort of zooms in on the nodule and then looks at the characteristics. Mm -hmm. So it will learn, for example, that one type of nodule is very solid, but another one could be more sort of like small tangles on the sides. And then by seeing all those different examples, it can combine those characteristics in recognizing a new um, type of nodule. So it will not compare it. It will compare the characteristics of a nodule. Yes, so you can recognize new things that are beyond the 45,000 images that have been inputted into the system. Yeah. Yeah, so basically we feed it with 45,000, but it will be able to detect a wide variety of different nodules. After the system recognizes a potential site of a lesion, what happens next? Does a doctor review it? Yes, so the way we are developing this now is that it's a backup to the radiologist. So if a radiologist reads its images, then we've already read it. So before the radiology gets the image on its screen within its workflow, it's already been sent to our algorithm. And if our algorithm detected a nodule, then it will circle the nodule, so it will annotate it, and we will provide a report describing the characteristics of that nodule. For example, type of nodule, size, volume, and specific location. And what it then at this point does is basically backing up the radiologist. Mm -hmm. And that could be in a screening situation, but it could also be in a normal clinical practice. Do you think that in the future your system could replace that human input of radiologists? So there's different situations where you could automate certain tasks where you would still need a radiologist, but there's also a situation where you wouldn't need a radiologist. Mm -hmm. In case of screening, where the radiologist only looks for one particular medical disorder, for example, for lung cancer screening, that's where our algorithm could potentially, in the short term, already replace the radiologist because the radiologist is only required to look at this one specific thing. Okay. But for all other situations, you need to train a broader artificial intelligence that's capable of detecting tens, maybe hundreds of disorders. Mm-hmm. And the way artificial intelligence is developed these days is that you have to train them by individual medical disorders. So AI in the short term will definitely not replace a radiologist because a radiologist has sort of a broader look at a scan and looks at all the different types of diseases that can be present in a scan. While an algorithm can only do one or two or three, depending on how much data you've put in and how many different disorders you've trained it. That's the limitation of AI. And there's a lot of companies claiming that they can do more than, you know, one or two. But at this stage, it's just simply a lot of work still before we can actually reach the stage when you start replacing radiologists. And then the challenge is training algorithms. You need a lot of examples to be able to detect disorders. 
But a radiologist knows sort of the mainstream disorders, but a trained radiologist also knows about the rare diseases. Mm -hmm. And the problem with algorithms, it's very difficult to train them to detect rare diseases because there are simply not enough examples to feed into the algorithm so that they can start detecting the wide variations in which those medical disorders can appear. You've raised 2.25 million euros in investment recently. What three tips would you give to someone trying to raise capital on that scale? So in Europe, raising this kind of money for a pre-market, pre-product, pre-revenue business is extremely difficult. Comparing it to some of our competitors in the US or Israel, they've raised seven and a half to 15, even 25 million. Mm-hmm. That is in, in Europe, that's impossible. So our advice at this point for any company or entrepreneur trying to raise money for a medical AI or IT company is to get as much proof on the technology that you're trying to implement before trying to raise money. Because that's what all our investors ask is can you prove there's commercial viability? Because AI or a lot of IT and healthcare is so innovative and new that their business models aren't very clear yet. And what most European VCs require is clear pathway towards sustainable revenue. And that's something that we lacked, but the way we approach this whole medical market and the way we've started co-developing with the market, that's the thing that convinced the investors to invest in our company because what you'd normally see in in these kind of businesses medtech uh, health tech id is that there's a lot of technical people on the team or academic people on the team and they start to develop very cool technologies but they're not really going to market with it and we did the exact opposite we went to the market first before developing these solutions So the advice specifically is get as much proof by collaborating with the market. Your product doesn't need to be ready yet, but make sure that you get the proof from the market, the evidence that there is a clear pathway to commercialization and that you could potentially raise this kind of capital. And what do you plan to do with that capital? At the moment, we're extending our team mostly in the software engineering and algorithmic development, but we're also getting the first senior business developer on board, somebody with experience in new product development, market introductions in the health tech and the IT industry. Okay. And then besides team extension, we're also applying for our first uh, CE certificate at this moment. So the costs are focused on extending the product, getting it certified, and getting it in the hands of the, the first medical specialists who want to pilot and eventually buy this. Okay. And how much do you charge for using Aidens if I was, for example, a hospital? So at this point, we are very honest about that. We don't know yet. The challenge with these kind of solutions is that you have to provide evidence for cost efficiency as well as the accuracy and the improvements of the workflow efficiency. We first have to build that evidence, uh, get that evidence, and put that basically next to the costs of of an analysis of, of one image, and then we can set a price. And at this point, like for one particular disease, for example, nodule detection, the price could range anywhere between one euro to five or even 10 euros. But the more disorders we can add to this algorithm, the higher the price will become because the value would significantly increase. 
I guess the cost effectiveness would be measured against radiologist time. And I know here in England, it's not just the cost effectiveness of a radiologist, but that there isn't a workforce or that many radiologists available. So I guess it's in terms of a marketing perspective, that's quite good for you. Yes, yeah, so the UK is an interesting market because of the shortage of radiologists. What we've experienced so far, though, is that selling a detection algorithm for nodules will by itself have marginal value mm. because, as I explained before, radiologists have to look at more than just one disorder, right? Yes. So having an algorithm that provides maybe some insights on one out of 50 disorders that you're looking for, that's not going to increase their efficiency very much. So what we're now looking into is more the, the oncology space where you have to do this kind of work more intensely, like nodule detection, measuring the nodules, tracking the volume, if it grows or if it shrinks. And that's where our algorithm could definitely provide more value because it's quite tedious work to do this manually. Mm -hmm. Where is Aidens being used currently? So currently we have several installations here in Holland that we're setting up. One is actually already running. We have one Taylor radiology company providing radiology services for the U.S. using our uh, software. And they're all in pilot phase because this is part of the CE certification. Mm -hmm. But we're discussing with several NHS trusts in the UK to start pilots as well and use that input to improve the solution, but also explore fields and venues on how to extend the features. So we've now did several tests, and one of the tests was with the Real company here in Europe. And those were like protocolized tests, and that's where we showed that our algorithm was actually more accurate than radiologists. I was going to say, do you have any other competition or any other companies doing something similar? Yeah, so like I mentioned before, the AI space, it is very hot and there's a lot of buzz at this point. Everybody knows about IBM Watson, everybody mm -hmm. hears about Zebra Medical Vision, Analytic, but there's a lot of smaller players as well. What we've experienced so far is that the smart premier that's being put up isn't resulting in a lot of actual products and solutions. Okay. So the challenge is for us to sort of go beyond all the hype and show that you can actually do valuable stuff with AI. There are competitors in the same field doing the same product, but so far we've been the most accurate in the field. What do you think the future holds for AI in medicine? Within the short term, it will provide marginal input. So medical specialists are definitely still needed on all aspects. Mm -hmm. And that is because artificial intelligence will not be able to provide broad and accurate diagnostics in, in a lot of fields. For the longer term, let's say 15, 20, 25 years, that's when you will see that artificial intelligence will start taking over the role of diagnostics and that could be in the fields of radiology could be in the fields of microbiology it could be in decision making for treatments so thinking in sort of the outer layer of the medical expertise or, or in the diagnostic fields that's where you will see ai taking over and of course in treatments where there's human hands involved that will take longer we will see robots being automated by AI, but that's, I think, for the next 15, 20 years still early. For a young doctor, 
then there could be lots of change coming their way. What would you say to a young doctor or a working doctor currently or or somebody who's interested in tech? How can they take advantage or become part of this trend? Become part of it by interacting with both smaller and, and, and bigger companies who are developing these new technologies. What all these companies are looking for are pilot sites, people to provide input, test their solutions. And we've had several young radiologists already approach us because mm-hmm. they know there's going to become a big change and they want to be on the cutting edge with their profession using tools that we are developing. So that's what we've already seen. And I think that's the best approach if you're interested in tech and you are now specializing or you're just starting uh, your education in this field try to take that as sort of a sidetrack. I don't think there are in a lot of institutes around the globe that there's a lot of attention right now for these kind of innovations during the sort of the educational phase. That's advantageous for both parties because the startup benefits from having the clinical input and obviously the clinician benefits from being involved in such aspects at an early stage. Where can people learn more about Aidance? You can visit our website, which is a bit outdated because we're mainly focused on product development at this point. But our website is adens.com. And we are definitely also looking for people that would want to test or want to get involved with product development on our end. So you can also get in touch with us through email at info at adens.com. And that's it for now. We're planning to start a blog where we're going to talk a bit about our ideas, etc. But that will be within a couple of months. Thank you for taking the time to come on the show and sharing your insights about Aidens. Thank you for inviting us. It was a fun thing to do. And um, I think you're doing a very interesting uh, job at, at getting people to, to learn about our company. Thanks for listening to 15 Minutes with the Doctor at slash 15 Minutes with the Doctor. Uh-huh. Dr. Vinay Shankar, uh-huh, Dr. Vinay Shankar, that's what's up.